Welcome everyone to the Self-Improvement Podcast, where we help high school students and college students find more passion, joy, and success. Today we're going to be talking about financing your education, and we're going to start with debt. Debt is like fire. When controlled, it can be used for our benefit. When left unmaintained, it wreaks havoc with an abundance of resources needed to be used to extinguish it. Reasonable debt is within your means to repay and is used to improve your standard of living, increase your income, or accomplish a short-term objective. Reasonable debt is paid off in a set schedule and a little extra goes its way when possible. Unreasonable debt grows like a wildfire. It will damage your quality of life. Now, one of the things that is reasonable for debt is student loans. And the question to ask before borrowing heavily to pay for an education is whether the degree adds enough value to justify the loan amount. Obviously, take into consideration your starting salary and if your income will increase enough to pay the loan off in a reasonable time frame. Ideally, the loan amount should match or be less than your expected yearly salary. Consider the trade-off of profession happiness and the potential debt you'll amass to achieve it when deciding whether or not you're going to school. And attached to this is going to be a link which will take you to a calculator where you can compare your student loan balances, repayment schedules, and expected salaries. However, you don't have to go in debt for your education. And uh, Ian's going to tell you a little bit about debt-free education. For sure. Yeah, and this is going to take work. It's not like, you know, you're going to get free money or anything. Nothing works like that. And um, I want to give credit to the book Debt-Free Degree. My family got its hands on it about three or four months ago and uh, I want to share with you some of the best notes uh, and lessons I've gotten from it. So if you want to save it's gonna be best for you to look at community colleges. Um, It's less expensive overall and you still get the degree and that's what it's mostly about of course. Yeah in your first two years In college, or at least the first year, is your general studies. Mm -hmm. And you can do your general studies pretty much anywhere. And that's where community college comes in because it's cheaper and you're learning the same thing as if you're going to an Ivy League school. The experience may be a little bit different. And, you know, that's okay. Well, that's a luxury. You got to keep that in mind. No one is entitled to go to Ivy League schools. Mm -hmm. You got to earn it through scholarships. Or you might be fortunate enough to be able to afford it. And even if it's a private college or a private school, mm-hmm. you know, that's also a luxury in a way. Yeah. And that's why it costs more money. Mm-hmm. And so financially speaking, the better way to go about it, especially if you're paying for it yourself, is to go to a community college for the first two years and get that those general studies out of the way. Exactly. And, and then, of course, we're, you know, Go to a better school if if you, if you wish. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. If if the uh, return is worth it, if the career is worth it, like Dalton mentioned before. And um, 
there's a website I think I came across. I looked it up and um, it's actually legit. I think it's called Modern States Education Alliance. Again, it's Modern States Education Alliance. And I think that allows you to get the first year of your general education done 100% free. Hmm. 100%. And it can be done online. Uh, you don't have to physically go anywhere, which again reduces costs even more. So that's crazy to think about. And I think they've been around for maybe over a year or two years. Um, but the credits that you get from them will be accepted by over 2,700 colleges, wow. I believe. Wow. Yeah, and a quick thing I'd like to throw in there is I was talking to this woman today who actually might be a guest in the future on this podcast, and she was telling me how she went to community colleges for the first few years, and she got grants, and, and she got scholarships, and, and she did take out some student loans, and she became a teacher, and her debt amounted to about $5,000, compared to some of her friends where they had to pay over a hundred thousand dollars wow for this for the same occupation and you know for a teacher's salary that's pretty tough to pay off yeah mm -hmm. that was a great example <laughs> i just want to point that out thank you yeah and uh the other important parts and we mentioned this previously but i want to kind of talk about it more is scholarships you want to apply to as many as you can and as early as you can. Uh, that's one thing I didn't know about growing up. And I wish I knew it because... You know, I actually don't wish for anything. I don't regret, you know, anything. But what I'm saying is... Um, if I were to go to college, then I would have applied to as many scholarships as I could. Uh, starting from 8th grade... I think there's like scholarships at that stage as well. Maybe even if you don't plan to go to college, it's, it's a safe thing to have and you don't have yeah. to use it. Yeah. I don't think like they expire or anything, <laughs> those scholarships. You, you guys would have to look into that. Yeah. Maybe it's different for each one, but start as early as you can. Uh, there's academic scholarships, athletic scholarships, or scholarship based on students' character. Um, there's local scholarships even, uh, if you look around locally. And the best places to start is usually a smaller amount of money. And um, you want to look for those you know smaller amounts and apply for them. Because then you have a higher chance. They usually range from 300 to 800. Uh, you want to check out your local businesses, local church, uh, your employer if you work, utility companies, banks. Um, and more. You can even Google them if they're local. They, they might pop up. But besides your local scholarships, which are you know the, the, the more likely ones that you'll get and there's usually smaller amounts, there's national scholarships. There's more money because there's more competition as it's national. Again, like I said, Coca-Cola actually has a, a scholarship. And uh, I believe you can apply starting August 1st, October 31st every year. The applications are free. And every college has application windows and deadlines for scholarships. 
and a list of qualifiers, so be sure to check those out. You can also get financial aid from some places that you work. I know that McDonald's offers uh, some assistance programs. Really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. And also Walmart. I think um, three years ago they started offering people to the, the fund their education 100% free as long as they're an employee. And uh, another example was where my dad works. He works at Collins Aerospace in Windsor Locks, Connecticut, and you know they pay f full ride for students to get their education. Of of course, their empl employees to get their education as long as they maintain a certain grade average. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and for some of those scholarships. Um, when you have to write an essay, make sure to follow the, the directions and instructions closely. And um, it's also good to keep all your essays in one folder because then you can tweak it every time for different scholarships, um, which is really interesting. Most people don't know you can do this. So keep them all in a safe place and follow directions. And even if you feel like You've missed out, you actually haven't, because it's still possible to find scholarship opportunities after your freshman year of college. Uh, if you look, you know, use all these tips that we're giving you. So now I wanna talk about special savings accounts you can have um, that are more optimized to create a fund for your you know, journey at college, if you will. The first one is an ESA, letter E-S-A, and the other one is 529s. Uh, look into each of them, and uh, based on what you find out, pick what works for you. They're both good. And of course, since I have Dalton with me, we love to talk about personal finance. He's actually passionate about that. And going into college, or even if you're in high school, it's important to know the basics of money management, right? Mm. So starting with an emergency fund. Could yes. you tell me a little bit about that? So an emergency fund, you know, some people like to put a set amount. I don't really like that. What I'd say an emergency fund should be is a period of time that you're, I guess you could call it savings, can pay for your expenses so a good emergency fund will have like six months worth of money in an account that will pay for your expenses so like let's say you lose your job and you're looking for another one you know you can pay for whatever utilities you have you know for your food you know whatever you need to live yeah, that's really what an emergency fund is. It's a lot about budgeting. And some people don't really like that. But it's what it's about. You know, you got to live within your means. You know, put some money aside for maybe uh, to grow, like in stocks, bonds. Some side for emergency fund just in case something happens. Maybe a death in a family or a disability. 
so you don't have to pull away from your savings for those monetary increasings, such as bond stocks. Yeah, it's about living within your means and budgeting your money. Mm -hmm. And that's where a savings plan comes in. There's uh, online tools I've come across before. Uh, I don't really use them because I like to use like old-fashioned spreadsheets, uh, like Google spreadsheets. It's funny that I call them old-fashioned <laughs> because relatively to our generation. Oh, I just use Google spreadsheets. But anyways, there's tools online um, that help you keep track that you can just punch things in digitally every month and you tweak them and it gives you like a nice organized overview so many tools on as long as you keep track and when you're in college i recommend you you budget your money even more you spend it mostly on things like your books your tuition your towards any loans you may have taken out then also put some aside for savings and then obviously the emergency fund and it's good to be pretty strict on that to be pretty disciplined However, there are times where you're going to want to go out and have some fun, and that's completely okay. It's, uh, what's the phrase? Everything in moderation. You want to make sure that you're not going out partying every night, and going out for drinks every night, going out to eat every night. That's going to eat away your money, and you won't be as financially fit. Though it is okay to go and have some fun sometimes, because you don't want it college to be miserable <laughs> you know if you want to go out and have some drinks with some friends if you're into that then by all means exactly as long as you're budgeting your money correctly and you're not going out every night and because it's going to hurt you in the long run and you're not going to be able to live as happily as you could if you are disciplined with how you spend your money and one final thing I'm going to say about budgeting is that there's the uh, there's like two rules one you can follow one of two rules or general outlines the first one is called the 50 30 20 principle so 50% if possible should go towards expenses tuition essentials 20% um, saved 30% invested but that this model right here is more for people with a higher income uh, there's an alternate one, which is the, uh, let me see, the, the 70, 15, 10% rule. So you can save 10%, invest 15, and then uh, 70 would go towards your tuition and other essentials. So yeah, you can, can use that, split things up, keep track. And uh, that'll do it for the money management piece of this. So, there are times where you're going to have to take out a loan. If you want to become a lawyer or you want to become a doctor, it's going to cost a lot of money. Or even if you want to become a teacher and you need to take out a loan. Is it possible to use these methods and really obtain a debt-free education? Absolutely. That's just going to take a long time. And... I understand that, are, that a lot of people don't want to wait to pursue their careers and their passions. I don't either. You know, If I wanted to become a lawyer, I would do it straight out of high school, maybe max one year gap. So let's talk a little bit about loans. Obviously, you want it to be reasonable and have it 
be accumulate to like your total loan should be as much as you make in a year. And that's not always possible. And so we have income driven repayment programs to help with that. So income driven repayment plans evaluate the income that you make per year and lowers your monthly payments accordingly. Depending on the program, the life of your loan will be extended from the standard 10 years to 20 or 25. And at the end of the loan's term, you will get this thing called loan forgiveness, which is when you just don't have to pay for the rest of the loan or pay back and your interest goes away. Obviously, with income-driven repayment programs, which are going to be longer than other pro programs, your interest is going to raise the total amount. You're going to end up having to pay more. However, it allows you to put some money away from savings and live within your means. Also, at the end of the term, when you get loan forgiveness, the IRS will tax you. They consider that as income, and they'll put it in your income tax, and you'll have to pay that tax bill on the following April 15th. The really best for people who choose a profession with a yearly income that doesn't exceed or meet the amount of your loan and when you don't qualify for a thing called PSLF. Now, PSLF is Public Service Loan Forgiveness Program. Now, these are for people who want to work in a government agency or organization or a not-for-profit organization. Now, loan for this is the benefit of loan of public service loan forgiveness programs is that tax that you have to pay for income driven repayment programs you don't have to pay for a PSLF the only catch is that you have to re you have to meet four requirements the first requirement is you have to work full time for a US federal state local or tribal government or not for profit organization the second is you must have federal direct loans or consolidate your loans into a federal direct loan. So you can't have private loans. The third one is you must enter an income-driven repayment program, which we just talked about. And then the last one is you must make 125, 120 qualifying payments. Now, all these points are mandatory. And once met, you will get full loan forgiveness minus the 120 payments without being taxed by the IRS. The last thing I'm talking about for loans is the advantages of federal debt over private debt. Now, federal debt or federal loans allow three years of postponement for those who fall on hard times. So they won't, won't be collecting money for up to three years while you collect your bearings and try to get back on back on track federal loans offer loan forgiveness like just just like the income driven repayment programs federal loans lower have lower qualifying credit ratings than private loans so you can qualify for more even if you have bad credit and some things that a federal debt or a federal loan will pay for the rest of the loan for forgiveness <laughs> provisions 
are if you become disabled, the borrower becomes disabled. A private loan, it's not going to matter. You're still going to have to figure out how to pay for that. If the borrower dies, if you die, it's going to take away for your, your assets. So like, let's say you have a house. It's going to take, take away your house. You can't give it to your kids. It's going to take away your cars. You can't give it to your kids. And then if that's not enough to pay off the loan or if you don't have those things, your family's going to have to take on those loans. It will cancel a loan. You don't have to pay for it if the school closes during the time of study. If somebody goes and steals your identity to take out the loan, then, you know, they'll give you forgiveness for that. And you won't have to pay it. However, if you have a private loan and somebody steals your identity, you're going to have a pretty big problem. Hmm. Uh, and you're probably going to have to settle that with the police. Hmm. Wow. Lastly, loan documents... If they were falsified by the school, they, they will cover that too. So like if your school has some con artist using your loans <laughs> for something else, or if they don't accept them, then you'll be all right. If you have good credit, however, and a stable high income, then private loans are the smarter option because paying them off will take less time. Yeah, you just got to know your situation and know your options. I just want to say, like Ian said, I probably should have mentioned this before I started talking about it. This all comes from a book called uh, Personal Finance Quick Start Guide. We'll have that linked in the description below. For sure. Can you put that in the anchor? I'll have to look into that. If okay. Yeah, there's a episode description. So if you're listening to this on Anchor... There should be a way for you to access those resources. And on YouTube, obviously, we have uh, the description down below, which will mm-hmm. we'll give you those resources as well, as well as the link to the calculator that I talked about in the beginning of this episode. Mm-hmm. So you can, uh, if, if you didn't take notes during this episode or if you felt lost during certain parts, obviously, we would love for you to DM us, connect with us. Maybe we'll see if we can... Uh, you know, clarify some points if we can, but you also have these resources for sure. And one thing I w- I'd like to talk about is sometimes the education that you seek doesn't actually require that you go to school or require that you pay for it. For example, uh, I was never taught how to swim. I never took lessons. And now I work at the YMCA and my coworkers are lifeguards and so I've been getting a lot of tips from them and even from the members you can ask around from people you know broaden your resources Mm -hmm. we can also learn through taking action which is what we covered last episode so go check that out if you uh, if you haven't already there's a lot you could do that's all I have to say for financing your education Ian do you have anything else you'd like to add I think we uh We did a great job here. I think that should be it. Thank you guys for listening. And uh, we should be having more special guests on the way. So be on the lookout. Yes. And next episode is... This is actually the last episode talking about or focusing on education. Next episode we'll have, you know, a general 
guide for education for whoever the guest is going to be if we are able to get the guest on here but you know this is this is about it for the education pillar and i'm super excited because we're going to be going on to leadership oh yeah which i'm really passionate about i'm sure yeah thank you guys for coming on uh we love having you on here we hope you learned something important that can help you in your future and help you get better every day